0: Hallelujah, 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 and the presence of the Lord is present in this house this morning, and all I can say, all my heart can say is hallelujah, Lord we worship you this morning, Lord you know every individual, you know their struggle this week. You've known their struggle in the past two weeks. You've known their struggle in the past two months. Jesus, you've known their struggle long before that. And today the breaker of chains is here in this place. He is saying, stand on my word. Stand on my promise. And receive deliverance today. The weight that has been buried, the weight that that you've been holding on to, the weight that's been dragging you down. Receive deliverance in the Lord today. Amen. And this morning, I just want to share with you a brief story in Isaiah 38, and it's about Hezekiah's sickness and recovery. And Satan has been on a rampant, a rampant, rage of destruction but the Lord's word says the contrary amen and this morning it talks about Hezekiah and he became deathly ill it says and he was at the point of death and the Lord told him set your affairs in order for you are going to die you will not recover from this illness and when Hezekiah heard, he turned his face and he prayed to the Lord. He said, remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you. And I have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and he wept bitterly. This message came to Isaiah from the Lord, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, this is what the Lord your God, the ancestor ancestor of David says, I have heard your prayer, and I have seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you from the city of the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city, and this is a sign from the Lord to prove that he will do as he promised he sets a promise before us in his word and it is up to us to stand on that promise otherwise we will be sideswiped by the enemy if we don't know the word of God and God is telling us today get in my word Stand on my word. Know the promises that I have set before you so that you can come before me. I will hear your cries. I will see your tears. And I will deliver you, says the Lord. So, Father, we stand on your word. We stand on the promise of deliverance, of salvation, Father God, for what you have for us. For what you have for your church today, it may not be sickness, but sickness comes in different forms. Amen. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, He came for the sick, He came for those who had sin in their lives, and even though we walk day by day with God, there's areas in our lives that we need to give over to God so that He can completely restore and bring deliverance. He may be using you for a family member. He may be using you for a loved one. He may be using you for a coworker, worker But God is saying, I am here to bring forth deliverance. So we thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, because as we sung in separate songs that your faithfulness Your faithfulness, we sang about your faithfulness, and we declare your faithfulness in our lives today in Jesus' name. And we give you the glory and the honor because you are worthy of our praise this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Lord, I thank you, and we bless you. And the church says, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I was supposed to bring you the, I almost was going to step away, but I was supposed to bring you the announcements, um, but God led me a little different direction, and it, and it's just a confirmation, because I wasn't going to share that word, and my my, uh, my space keeper was there, and I was like, what, what is it, Lord? And he just drew me directly to that scripture, and pastor has a powerful message this morning, and I won't touch on that, because it's so full, it's so... It's so meaty, but, um, but it goes hand in hand. And I was like, thank you, Lord. But we do want to say happy birthday to all the February birth babies up in this house. Woohoo! February. And um, this Thursday evening at the house of uh, Mike and Maggie Ames, we will be having our monthly prayer meeting. And um, I implore you, come and join us. Um, we pray for each other. We pray for other um, just needs that are, that are uh, uh, at, in front of us. We pray for our church, for the direction of our church, and God has given us some new insights, so we'll be praying about that as well. And um, we're, we're blessed to be back from vacation, and um, if you haven't taken a listen, um, all of the, the sermons are on our new podcast, Corinthians 2, 6, and 7. And um, if I do have anybody who wants to go to the Rock and Road worship tour, um, please see me because we need to be, we need to order tickets because it's coming up real quick, like less than two weeks. Um, and then there's a few more events on there too that are further out in the, in the month and then for next month. So take a glance at those, but just take a few moments and greet each other and we're, we want to welcome you to New Life Community Church.
1: Good morning. I'm back. I'm back, and hopefully you're ready for the word this morning. Amen. I know, huh? It's been a while. Two weeks feels like eternity. I want to thank um, uh, Maggie for filling in for me last week. I want to thank Joyce for filling in with me two, two weeks ago. Uh, also, Austin and Alec did an awesome job of, of, of opening up the service, and uh, I was very proud of them. And um, I also, thank you for Liz and Mickey for making sure that this place is cleaned up, uh, like a, like uh, we never left. So, uh, you guys did an awesome job. I, I, I'm glad to be back. As you can tell, we're a little shorthanded today. A lot of us are are, are sick. Um, in, as we pray this morning, we could keep Maggie in prayer. She got released to the hospital yesterday, so she's at home recovering. Uh, Dell is in the hospital um, as we speak. He should be re- be released. Um, uh, sometime uh, today, uh, we also have uh, Joyce, uh, who's homesick, Mickey, who's homesick, um, and, and a few others in our congregation. Uh, Daylene, remember Daylene as well, she recovers at home. Uh, We've been really hit uh, hard uh, this past week, and um, and so what we'll do, well, we'll, we'll get to it later on. Um, but let's, let's remember them in prayer as we also take up our tithes and our offering. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the ability to meet in this place, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for for uh, your presence that's here, Lord. I ask you, Father, right now, Lord, these prayer requests that I mentioned, Lord, the ones... Um, you know of, Lord, you, you know what's in our heart, Lord. You know what needs to happen, Heavenly Father. You know who's here and needs a, need, needs a touch from you, Lord. You know who's not here and needs a touch from you, Heavenly Father. And I ask you, Lord, to meet us here, right here, Lord. Continue activating your presence here, Lord. But wherever the, uh, the others may be at, Lord, be with them as well. Encourage them, Lord, and, and, and keep them safe, Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the tithes and offering we're about to receive, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the gift and the giver, Heavenly Father. And I ask you to bless each one according to your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning you may be seated. you want to get your Bibles ready, we will be in Daniel chapter 6 this morning. And this morning my, my sermon is titled, Prayer That Closes the Mouth of Lions. Say that with me. Prayer That Closes the Mouth of Lions. And two, two weeks ago, uh, technically I guess three Sundays ago, uh, we looked at, um, well actually three weeks ago, right? We looked at faith in the fire. And if you remember, we looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we looked at, uh, at them in the fiery furnace. And this week, we'll be, stop, we'll be ending our look into Daniel, but also we'll be starting uh, looking into prayer. Prayer is, is, is a major thing in our Christian walk. It's, it's, it's important for our relationship with God. If we want a deeper relationship with God, it starts with prayer. We can't have a deeper relationship with God without prayer. Prayer. Let me tell you this, without prayer, there's no relationship with God. There's just no relationship with God. It's impossible to know God's will without praying about God's will. You don't know, you can't get God's will unless you pray and find out what God's will is, uh, what he wants for you in your life. It's impossible to, to do, uh, uh, it's impossible to know who God is without prayer. We won't know who God is without prayer. We won't hear him without prayer actually praying it's impossible to see the hand of god move in our lives without prayer how many of us want the hand of god moved in our lives i want god's hand to move in my life but in order for god's hand to move in my life i need to be praying amen it all starts with prayer see but somewhere down the line us as christians we've got a little relaxed right and when we get a little relaxed, we stop doing what we've done before or that, that got us to, 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 to see the hand of God move in our lives or blessings upon us. And we pray about something uh, uh, intensely and then time goes by and we start relaxing a little bit, right? Kind of like marriage. You know, when, 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 you're, when you're dating your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, you're going to the gym, and you're, and you're jogging, and you're looking well, and then you get in marriage, and then something happens with the marriage certificate, 100 pounds come with it, and then, you know, you're like, goodness gracious, what happened, right? Because you get relaxed, you get comfortable. Same thing with our, 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 our relationship with God. There's times when we pray, and we seek God, and we want God to move in our lives, and then he does, and we're like, that's awesome, God. That's awesome. I'm going to take a break now. And we stop praying. We stop seeking after him. We stop, stop, stop communicating with him. Prayer is necessity in the Christian life. This morning I want to look at a familiar story. We couldn't, we couldn't stop looking at Daniel without talking about the lion's den, right? We all heard about the story, Daniel and the lion's den. We, we, we saw it in our, in our children's books. We heard about it in the Sunday school. We've heard uh, sermons about it. Today I hope you get something different than just Daniel and the lion's den. We all know the story. It's an amazing story of God's protection in Daniel's life. God intervened once again in Daniel's life when he was thrown into the lion's den. God intervened in his life. How many of us today need an intervention in our life? I need an intervention. I need God to intervene in my life. Am I the only one? I hope I'm not, right? I need God to intervene in my life. I need God to change a situation. I need God to alter a course, uh, an issue, a problem, a circumstance. I need God to intervene in my life, in certain areas of my life. Think about this. When would you say that God intervened in Daniel's life? I think a lot of us will say, well, he was in the lion's den. He shut the lion's mouth. And, I, and I'll agree with you. I think most of us will say that. But it wasn't when he was in the lion's den that God intervened. It was in prayer before the lion's den that God intervened on behalf of Daniel. So when he was thrown into the lion's den and he was confronted with the lion, God already took care that issue. It wasn't when he was faced with the lion that God took care of it. It was before he was even thrown into the lion's den that the lion's mouth was shut. Amen? It wasn't like Daniel was thrown in there and then the lion's mouth was shut. I believe that lion's mouth was shut and it was done in preparation in Daniel's time of prayer. Daniel prayed when he was in the den. But it was his prayer prior to the den that allowed him to be victorious in the lion's den. But the question this morning is, if Daniel can pray the mouth of a lion shut, why can't us? Why can't we do it? If Daniel prayed for the lion's mouth to be shut, Why can't we do that in our lives? Why do we view our lion bigger than Daniel's lion? And what I mean by a lion is I'm not talking about a physical lion. I'm talking about a situation, an issue, a sickness, a finance, a relational, whatever it may be staring you in your face. And you say, you know what? I'm going to conquer this lion that's in front of me. Amen? Unless you got a guy from Colorado that took out the mountain lion. You guys hear about that one? You know, he strangled the mountain lion with his bare hands two weeks ago. He was on a hiking trip. And, and the mountain lion attacked him, and he turned around, and he actually uh, wrestled the mountain lion, stepped on his throat, and suffocated it to death. They have, they have pictures. They went back, and sure enough, mountain lions, they're dead. He had some scars on him. If you haven't looked, Googled the story, it's amazing. But a lion, a physical, not a physical lion, but it's a, it's a lion. What, what, kind, what lions do we have staring at us today? Why do we view our lion bigger than Daniel's lion? Why do we view our situation too large for God? Why do, why, why do we diminish the power of prayer and run to it as a second or third or fourth resource instead of running to prayer and say, you know what? The first thing I'm going to do about it is I'm going to present it to God and I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to seek God. And that's the first resource I'm going to go to, not my last resource. You know, we go to our friends or our family, we pick up the phone and there's nothing wrong with that. But let's, let's not forget that we got to go to God In prayer, when we are faced with a lion in our face. Amen? This morning, we're going to look at Daniel and find out how he was able to close the mouth of the lion through prayer. Turn to Daniel chapter 6, starting with verse 1 through 9. This is the backdrop of the story. It said, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them one of whom was Daniel, the satraps were made accountable to them so the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live Forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. I want you to see that's a a lot of things going on there. Daniel was one of three administrators. Your three administrators. Daniel was one of the three. Not only was he one of the three, but the king had planned to place him above everybody else. And said that you have control over the kingdom. And you know when you have success, you have others that come in and really don't want to see you succeed. So you had these 120 satraps, you have these two other advisors and they go after Daniel and they try to find error in Daniel. And they couldn't find no error in Daniel. They were were looking probably uh, up, up at different resources right they they had google back then they would google you know probably his name and his facebook page and and or something that they could throw out at daniel and they couldn't find no corruption they couldn't find nothing against him so they said you know what we're going to do we're going to hit him where it hurts daniel is a prayer and what we're going to do is we're going to make it impossible for him to pray for his god and when he does we're going to wait until we see it and then we're going to say gotcha we're going to throw you into the lion's den and that's, what, what that, that's where we set up our story today. They got what they wanted, but you know reality, who died in the lion's den? The Bible tells us it was 120 satraps and it was his two advisors. Daniel didn't die. They died. Why? Because of their wickedness. Amen? First thing I want you to see this morning, actually before I go there, let's read uh, verse 10. Verse 10 says, Now in Daniel, this is the meat of our, 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 our scripture today, Daniel went Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where there were windows open towards Jerusalem three times a day. How many times? Three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he's done before. Did he do that before? He did it before. The first thing I want you to see was Daniel was defiant in prayer. Say defiant with me. Defiant and prayer. Now, when we think about the word defiant, we say, well, you're a Christian. You can't be defiant. Oh, yes, I can be defiant. I'll tell you why right now. Defiance. Defiant means defiance. Defiance is defined as open resistant, bold disobedience. See, we can all agree from, from uh, 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 verse 10 that Daniel was in disobedience of the king's rule, right? He, he The king said, don't pray. And Daniel went and he prayed exactly like he's done before. It wasn't to say, listen, I'm going to defy the king. What he was saying was, I'm going to do exactly what I've done in the past. And I'm going to go before the father in prayer. And I'm going to pray three times a day. I'm going to do to be defiant and Prayer. Amen? He went to a second story room where the window was open and he prayed. He didn't do it in secret. He prayed like he always prayed. Daniel learned of the decree and what did he do? He went home and he prayed. He was defiant in the eyes of the king. It wasn't something he just did just to be defiant. It was something that was part of him. He was was praying. He told me he couldn't pray and he said, I'm going to pray anyways. He knew it was right and he did it. He knew what he was supposed to do, but how many of us, if told, you know what, you can't pray any longer? How many of us will continue to pray? If 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 the law came down and said you can't pray, how many of us will say, okay, well, I normally pray by my window, but I'm gonna go in my bedroom with the door shut underneath the covers and pray? How many of us would say you can't pray will say, Oh, the law of the land says we can't pray, we're not gonna pray any longer. Daniel said, you know what, I don't care what the world has to say. I'm gonna be defiant against the world. And the world says I can't pray, but my God says I can pray. And my God is bigger than the world. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray to my God. Daniel was defiant in prayer. But I also believe it wasn't just the act of praying. He was also coming against an opposition, a spiritual opposition. He was coming against an opposition that was coming against him that said, you can't pray. And he said, you know what? I'm going to be defiant in my prayer. And I'm going to go ahead and pray anyways. Amen? I'm going to be defiant in it. Have you ever thought of prayer being defiant? You know, I really never did. Thought prayer being defiant. Prayer is defiant because we have an opposition that's in front of us. We have a lion that's sitting in front of us, and that lion is going to either consume us, or we're, we're going to we're going to uh, be defiant, and we're going to a- attack and kill the lion. The lion's going to get you or you're going to kill the lion. And God says that we're victorious. And so I stand defiant in prayer saying, you know what? This lion that's in front of me is not going to take me out. It's not going to overcome me. Amen? See, it might be a circumstance. It might be a problem. It might be the doctor's giving you some kind of uh, diagnosis. It might be a financial, financial blessing you were waiting for and, and it, for some reason it, it didn't happen. Maybe it's your marriage is falling apart or your family is falling apart or your, your friends or your job or whatever it may be and you have a choice that you can accept what's in front of you or you, 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 you can go past it and, 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 and not accept it. Amen? You would be defiant against it. Defiance is open resistance. The question is, Will you give up? Will you give in? Or will you be defiant and say, you know what, Satan? Not today. Not today. It's not going to happen today. Amen? Will you resist what the world has called you? Will you resist what the world has, has laid upon you? There are names and there's things that the world has given upon you. And and the thing is, is you can be defiant and say, I'm not going to accept what the the world has given me. I'm going to go before my father in prayer about it. And I'm going to defy it. Or or am I going to accept it and, and just receive what was spoken about me or receive the names that were told about me? What am I going to do? Will you be Daniel and overcome the lion by defiant prayer? Amen? You get in that church? Verse 10, second part of verse 10 says, three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. The second thing I want you to see is Daniel was disciplined in prayer. He was disciplined in prayer. What do we do three times a day? We eat, right? How many times? Maybe it's four times a day or five times a day or six times a day, right? Okay, If you're on a cruise, it's all day long. It's all bad. All bad and all good at the same time. Take you home and step on the scale. But we're supposed to eat three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He prayed as much as he ate. He prayed. And I'm not talking about rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen. I'm not talking about that type of prayer. I'm talking about he prayed. He literally prayed three times a day. Three times a day. Prayer was probably one of his primary sources of Daniel's strength. He was faithful in his time of prayer. Let me ask you this. What would our life look like if we prayed three times a day? And I'm talking about pray, like really pray. What would our life look like? how, How different would our life be if we gave God the time that he deserved in our lives? Amen? See, if we don't eat, we die. You eventually die. You can go 24 hours. You can go 48 hours. You can go 40 days. Eventually your body shuts down and it dies. You know, church, if we don't pray, if we don't seek after God, our spiritual bodies, our, spiritual, our spirit will eventually die. It eventually will become numb to the things of God. Because we're not spending the time nourishing our soul. We nourish you know, I'm very nourished, as you can see. But we don't nourish our spiritual bodies. We don't nourish our spirits. We don't, we don't take care of the spiritual being. Amen? We we'll die spiritually. If Daniel wasn't disciplined in prayer, we wouldn't be talking about him today. You know why? Because he would have died in the lion's den. And that's not a cool story, Right? Daniel, that, that boy Daniel did well until he was throwing the lions in and the lion ate him. All right, next. Let's go to chapter 7, right? We wouldn't be talking about Daniel. We wouldn't be a book of Daniel. But Daniel conquered the lion and the lion's den because he was disciplined in prayer. Can God rescue you from the mouth of the lion? He can. But let me tell you this. Why do we wait until we see the lion to start praying? You ever thought about that? We, we wait and we look, go through life and life is good. And we think, oh, I'll just put prayer on the back burner. And then we come upon a lion's den and we say, oh, man, I got to go before God, have God in my life. You know, if we pray throughout our life, when the lion's den comes, the lion's den will be easier than it would without prayer. Right? We, it, 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 it becomes easier. We shut the mouth of the lion when we enter the lion's den. Instead of getting into the lion's den and say, oh, God, I need you to work. I need you to move. I need you to do something right here, right now, because the lion is about to eat me. No, we should have been praying the entire time. God can still save you from the lion. But we need to be actively praying up to the point of entering the lion's den. Amen? It was the angel that came and shut the lion's mouth. But that angel was sent not when when Daniel was in there praying, God, I need need something to shut this this, this mouth of this lion. The the mouth of the lion was probably shut before he entered the lion's den because the angel's probably sitting there on top of the lion like, hey, Daniel, I got it for you. You know, sit back and relax for a minute in your den, right? Instead of, hey, Lord, I need you. I need you to do something. I need you to come in and shut this lion's mouth. No, he walked in and he goes, man, you got it already covered. And God's like, yeah, were we in communication? I told you I got your back. And that was done in what? In prayer before the lion's den. Amen? It shouldn't get to the point of a lion's den to make us start praying, church. It shouldn't get us to a point of of someone dying or someone sick in the hospital or a breakdown in in, in some form or fashion in in our family or in our church to get us fully participating in praying. We should always be fully participating in prayer and be disciplined in our prayer. Amen? God didn't send the angel because Daniel was a cool guy. He sent him because he was communicating with him the entire time. How many of us have disciplined prayer life? How many of us faced with a decision, big and small, that we go before God? We say, God, here's my my dilemma. Here's my situation. Here's my problem. You know what, Lord? I, I need your guidance. Let me tell you. You heard about this guy named Jesus. He did it, right? He went before the Father in prayer. And if he did it, why do we think we don't need to do it? Think about it. And, and we see this in, in Luke 6, 12 through 13. It says, one of those days Jesus went out to the mountain aside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and, and, and chose 12 of them whom he also designated as apostles. So Jesus prayed What did he pray? He prayed, it says, he spent the night praying. Why? Because he had a decision to make. He had disciples, and he had the 12 12 of them to be his apostles. And he was wanting to make sure that that what he was about to do was God-ordained. And so he spent some time with his father in prayer all night long about a big decision because we had the 12 apostles today. But we feel the need not to seek God for decisions when Jesus did it. Amen. And you think about this, in Matthew 26, the night before Jesus was, 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 was crucified, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And he went to pray, and, and he, was, he was going to be faced with the biggest struggle of his life, going to Calvary, dying for our sins the next day. And so he, he walked up there with the two sons of Zebedee and Peter, and he told them, keep watch, I'm going to go a little further, and I'm going to, I'm going to pray. So he goes and he prays, and he comes back, and what does he find Peter doing? Sleeping. He says in in Matthew 26, he says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you, man, keep watch with me one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. One hour, Peter? Just one hour, that's all I ask of you to pray. And here's Jesus. Uh, They said in the early service, can you imagine these these guys? These are supposed to be your best buddies, and Jesus is about to die, and he's going to go through some situations and some issues, and he has to go before the Father in prayer, and your best buddies who are down here with you, that's supposed to go along with you and pray for you, are asleep? i got to find some new friends, right? He told Peter to stay awake for one hour. Why? Why? So that you will not fall into temptation. What is he talking about? Later on, Peter did what? Denied Jesus three times. Easy. You know Jesus? Oh, I don't know him. Fell into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Peter was weak. And so when it came down to being tempted, Peter said, I don't know him. Well, you know what, Peter? Maybe if you were praying... What happens if you're praying? If you prayed, I think Peter might have been a little different. Maybe he, he resisted temptation and maybe he would have still gave in because the Bible says that he told, uh, Jesus told Peter he was going to be denied three, uh, three times. Maybe he, would have, maybe he would have put up a fight. But he didn't. You know why? Because he wasn't disciplined in his prayer. I'd rather sleep. I'm tired, Lord. Jesus is like, me too, but I'm going to die, dude pray let's pray about it one hour and he couldn't do that he wasn't asking him to pray all night long he was asking him for one hour one hour what did peter pray for one hour Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What if Daniel didn't pray? Were we talking about him today? I don't think so. Let's be a Daniel. Let's not be a Peter. Let's be somewhere that is disciplined in our prayer life and not say, you know what? I can't give you one hour, God. I can't give you 10 minutes. I can't give you 15 minutes. I can't give you 20 minutes. I can't pray three times a day. It's going to mess up with my eating habit, right? The lion's mouth is closed through discipline in our prayer. Lastly, in verse 16, it says, So the king gave the order, and, that, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, listen to what he says. He says, May your God, whom you, continuously, uh, you serve continually, rescue you. This was the king, not a believer, but he said, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. The third thing I want you to see this morning is Daniel was dedicated to prayer. He was dedicated to prayer. Daniel never stopped praying. He was dedicated to prayer. The king didn't want to throw Daniel in the lion's den. He waited. He loved Daniel. He liked Daniel, but the decree was made and Daniel broke the decree. And so he was forced in the lion's den. But the king, the king said, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Continually, without interruption, constantly, constantly, not no days off, right? When, when, when we were in, in high school and we were in, in sports and, and, I, and I remember no days off. You go in that weight room and you hit it hard and Monday through Friday you had no days off. You were in there and working hard, continuously, You just don't have no off-season. You continuously go, and you do things, and you move. Prayer is the same way. There are no off-days. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, now the New King James Version says, Pray without ceasing. If you're dedicated to something, you're not going to stop it, right? Why? Because you're dedicated to it. You're dedicated to it. You're not going to stop it. If we're dedicated to prayer, we won't stop praying. See, but the issue is some of us stop because we see a little bit of light in the end of the tunnel. And we say, Lord, I like that light, and I thank you for being there. Now I'm done praying. I thought about this. I was coming up Escondido, going, uh, coming home from Escondido, and they have a couple hills. And I was uh, towing a vehicle behind me, and, and as I was going up the hill, I had to press a little bit on the gas. And as I'm pressing on the gas, you know, the car is going up, and it's moving. And I think sometimes in life we go up the hill and we, we 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 press hard on that gas of prayer, and we're pressing on that gas of prayer, and we're praying hard for something. And we get up to the hill, and we can see the valley, and we can say, "Oh, it's so beautiful." I'm just going to throw it in neutral, take my foot off the gas, and just coast down to the bottom. And we do that in our prayer lives. So when we get up to a peak in our prayer lives, so when we see God move, what we decide to do is take our foot off the gas. And he says, no, put your foot back on the gas because you went 60 going up and I'm going to take you 120 going down. But we're so, we're so, um, what's the words I'm looking for? We, 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 we like just a little bit of it. We want to see just a little bit of God and we don't want to see his fullness in our lives. And we, don't, we, we let off the gas pedal and say, Lord, you know what? I'm done praying. I saw a little bit of you. I'm good now. And we stop praying. And we stop seeing God move. I'm going to tell you this. Daniel could have been throwing that lion's in and say, look at the lion's mouth. Look how cute the big kitty is. It's closed mouth. Isn't it awesome? But he said, I guarantee you, he sat there and said, I'm still in a lion's habitat. I'm still in the den with a rock on top of it. I got to get myself out of here. And the only way I'm going to get out of here is through constant prayer. And I know God has rescued me because the mouth of that lion is shut. But I'm not done praying because my story is not over. And God has something for me. And and God uh, is going to rescue me out of this lion den. But I got to keep on praying. I got to keep on pushing until I see victory in its completeness, just not a little bit of victory but it's a completeness and I say look what God has done in my life amen God isn't done until the final buzzer rings I tell my my kids 10 11 year olds Listen, I don't care if you're up by one or you're up by a hundred. You go hard every single time and every single play because the game's not over. The game's not over until the buzzer rings and you can look up at that score and say, I've won the game. But do not give up early because if you give up early, I don't care if it's been 15, 20, 30 points. I've seen a marvelous comebacks in life. And I'll tell you what, Satan's waiting for us to get to the fourth quarter and say, I played the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and I give up in the fourth quarter give up in the fourth quarter. I give up in the fourth quarter. The buzzer's not done yet. God hasn't said we're finished yet. God hasn't said we're done, you're done yet. He said continue praying continuously. Amen? God isn't done. So why are we done praying? Why are we done praying? He says in in, in verse 20, Daniel 6, he says when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in the English voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God Whom you serve continually, there it is again. If you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lion's den, of course he has. Daniel never stopped praying. He prayed continuously. He was serving God continuously. He was dedicated uh, to prayer continuously. But are we dedicated to prayer like Daniel's dedicated to prayer? When we are in the dens of lions, do we dedicate our time to prayer? I'm going to close out in this. Semi-close out. Verse 23. It says, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. No wound was found on him because i tell you what, the Bible says the mouth of the lion was closed, but the lion still has claws. I tell you what, my dog is a big dog. He's about 130, 140 pounds. I guarantee you he comes and slaps you, a good one. You're going to feel it. Can imagine a lion, a paw of a lion coming and slap you. You're going to have a wound mark. That gentleman from Colorado has wound marks on his arms and on his head from the attack that he survived. But let me ask you this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to ask you a question. No wound was found on him because he had trusted in God. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Is do you trust God? And what I mean by do you trust God, I don't mean yes, I trust God. Because it's easy for us to say we trust God when I ask you, you trust God. What I'm asking is, do you in your hearts of hearts really trust God? Really trust God in your situation? Really trust God in the lion's den? Do you really trust God? Do you trust him enough? To be dedicated in your prayer life? Do you trust Him enough to be disciplined in your prayer? Do you trust Him enough to be defiant in your prayer? Do you trust God enough to close the mouths of lions in your situation and in your life? Do you trust God enough? Amen? You in that, church? Do you trust Him enough? This weekend... When I I read the words defiant in prayer, I said, you know what? I'm going to be defiant in prayer. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to be defiant in prayer. I'm going to take a stand against the opposition. The buck stops here. It ends right here. It stops right here. I'm going to be defiant in my circumstances, I'm not going to accept what Satan had planned for my life and go along with it. I'm going to be defiant in it. But the question is, will you be defiant? I'll be defiant. Will you be defiant? Will you stand and say, you know what? Uh-uh. Not today. I am going to ask you a question this morning is, are you tired of what's been thrown at you? Are you tired of things being thrown at you? Are you tired of your situation? Are you tired with life? If you have, it's time to be defiant. It's time to take a stand. It's time to tell the devil, you know what, I'm going to defy you today because you might have had me yesterday, you might have had me this morning, you might have had me last week, but today you don't have me any longer. Tomorrow, you don't have me any longer. Next week, you don't have me any longer. Next year, you don't have me any longer because I'm going to be defiant in my prayer life and say, I've had enough of you, Satan, and we are done with you, Satan, and we are cutting the ties to you, Satan, amen? Not today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, I have you in your defeated because I'm going to be defiant in my prayer. I'm going to stand in that gap. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you this morning. I can go through. And every, every single one of us have been affected by something or another this week. You know what it is. But I'm going to ask you this morning. Who needs the mouth of a lion shut today? And I'll be the first one that says I do. I need a mouth of a lion shut today. I'm going to have you one more step further. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you need the, the mouth of a lion to be shut in your circumstance today, I want you to stand with me and say, you know what? I have enough, and I'm going to be defiant against Satan. And I'm going to say, not today, not tomorrow, not next week. And I'm going to be defiant against him. Amen? It's time to be defiant. We look at defiant as such a nasty word, but when it comes to Satan, who is the nastiest of all, it's time to be defiant against him. Amen, church? Because if if we're not going to be defiant, the world's not going to be defiant against him. He's going to take whatever he wants and run rampart in our lives. But i tell you right now, it's time to be defiant against him. Amen? There's some that need a special prayer today. And I'm going to ask you, if you need a special prayer right now, come up right now because I'm gonna challenge you right now to stand defiant. You can walk out the door and say, "I don't need anything," and you can walk out the door knowing that you need to be defiant towards the devil, or you can be defiant towards God. That choice is yours. But I'm going to ask you. I'm going to challenge you today, and I'm, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask people in this house who, who are here for uh, and know someone who needs you. Need to stand in the gap and say, "I'm going to be defiant on this particular thing. I'm going to be defiant and i to go against what what the doctors are telling, or I'm going to go against the situation. Or I'm going to go against this or that, whatever it may be." I'm going to challenge you today. Join me right up front. I'm going to close in prayer, but if you are here right now, and I'm telling you right now, the spirit moved earlier in the earlier service, I'm going to tell you right now, God is here. And it's time to stand up. And it's time to say, you know what? We're done. Amen. We're done. I'm going to be defiant in my prayer. I'm going to come against what the enemy has told me. I'm going to come against what has been spoken over my life. I'm going to come against what the plan of the enemy was. I'm going to come against everything that is not of God in my life, but the choice is ours. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord Jesus, and I thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. Well, I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, that as you're working in our lives, Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, that we choose be defined against the enemy and not be defined against your word, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, right now, Lord, that as we walk through this life this week, Heavenly Father, you know exactly what needs to happen. You know what interventions that need to happen, Heavenly Father. I pray right now, Lord, that we are disciplined in our walk with you, Lord. That we are disciplined in prayer, Heavenly Father, in our time of prayer, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we have dedication in our prayer, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we are defined against what the enemy has told us and we will stand up in an in open opposition against the enemy heavenly father the enemy has no say so in our lives and has to flee in the name of jesus and we thank you for that lord i ask you right now lord that as some need to leave lord i ask you heavenly father to protect them and keep them safe heavenly father but i ask you for the ones that need prayer lord will be obedient to your word heavenly father and and, and, and open up for a word of prayer lord and we thank you for that lord we give you the praise and the glory and the honor lord i ask you lord to, to cover us with the blood of the Lamb, Heavenly Father, that no wrong will be done, Heavenly Father, for what has been spoken today, Lord, we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise and and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Church, if you don't need prayer, God bless you. If you need prayer, join me up in front, and we'll pray over you this morning. Hallelujah.